Tommy Corbett here is actually a mediapreneur. <laughs> He's an infopreneur and a mediapreneur all in one. I'm excited to bring him to you because you have all these questions about the future of commerce. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. You know, all of us at one point or another will face what Eric Rees calls the hardest part of any startup. Deciding whether to quit, pivot, or persevere. Why Why is it the hardest part? Well, well, because most of us don't know what the hell to do. This thing I'm working on, I hit a roadblock. Is it just a rough patch or, or is it something else? Is it something I'm not going to be able to push through? Because what's at stake here is, is, is a few things. Scenario A, two years from now, you're still lollygagging in this unsuccessful thing because you didn't see the signs. Or B, two years from now, you don't have anything to show because you quit too much, too often. In this conversation, we get into our own experiences with pivots, quits, and perseverance. Expect three tactics, all right, pay attention, and one pro tip from Corbett. We'll also answer a listener question about how to make the distinction between free and paid for stuff online. Okay, who are we? We are the founders of Fizzle.co, honest training for online business builders. We've built our businesses independently, and we're going. We're here to show you, you know, what we've done to do it, because this stuff is hard. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If uh, if we were U two albums, Corbett would be Joshua Tree. He's just classic. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be the uh, dismantle an atomic bomb album because though it's though it's new, fairly recent. It's really good. When you listen to it, it's like, it's pretty dang good. I know that's going to be some controversy. Anyways, and then there's me, Chase Reeves. I'd be October because it's raw, heartfelt, features religious themes, and got limited airplay. Also, nobody's ever heard of it. Who is this guy? I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. All right, guys. Pivot, quit, or push through it, you know, keep keep perse- or persevere. Right? No, that, that's it. Yeah, pivot or persevere. That's like the 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 words behind this thing. Pivot or persevere. Yeah, that's what he says. Or quit in, in lean startup. Or quit. But quit is the other is the other. Pivot, persevere, or quit. What about cry? Cry. But when you're done crying, you still have to do one of those. Yeah, things. denial, denial, denial. I think denial Caleb was getting at earlier when he was talking about people just kind of pushing for a long time when they shouldn't. Really, it's. Sometimes it's just avoidance. It's kind of the default behavior. You're not really pushing. It's a yeah. weak push. It's really just... Yeah. It's because... Okay, so frankly, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We've all been in... Well, let me see. Okay. Yeah, I know I have. Caleb, have you been in a business that has had to make a, a, a significant sort of, you know, quote unquote bit pivot? And we're going to get into what this word means in a little bit, but... More like you, individually have you, I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I know Corbett, you you've done that. I've been in several. Okay, you've just, failures, several you, giant failures. Here's what here's an auto, here's an what it sound here's what Corbett Barr's history sounds like if you sped it up really quick. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> What are you doing? Are you playing tennis? It's tennis. Thank you. You win. Contestant number one. I thought maybe you were like sheep herding or something with like a dog and you're doing the whistles to get the dog's attention. And then you're whipping something. An OCD whistler. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get three in a row. No, it's like the little shoes. uh, Tennis. Yeah. Pivoting. It was pretty good. Pivoting. See what I did there? Uh, Not really. Okay. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God. Okay, good. 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 Welcome. Okay, Welcome. so we've all experienced this, what it's like. It's a kind of a harrowing moment. Well, here's the thing. It can be a harrowing moment, especially if you're on your own, all right? Especially if there's a lot of stuff at stake. I was in a startup in Portland where we, it's almost like we naturally pivoted over time. We never really made the decision to do mm-hmm. it until after it was already kind of done. Like the users have already chosen this behavior. Yep. And that's where our, our efforts went to naturally. Yeah. And next thing you know, within the next six, seven months, we are, our, fo- our, our, our company is really focusing more on that. And then eventually the homepage changes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your, your main message ends up changing to support that message that you... So it felt very natural in yeah. that environment. Because, but we had plenty of runway. Yep. We had plenty of plenty of funds. We yeah, so had, that's a that's a whole different ballgame. The people that yep. we're talking to now, I think, you know, they're probably at a stage where maybe they don't have that revenue and that runway. And yeah. there's just so much uncertainty. It's mm-hmm. like if I kept going down this path that I'm on, is it eventually going to lead to a breakthrough? Like, yeah. am I just being weak and wanting to quit or pivot? That's or, an awesome point. Or is this a waste of time, this whole thing that I've been working on for the past year? So people doing, uh, you know, people who we, we, we consider, when we think of, of a fizzler or a fizzle show listener, we think of uh, kind of like, you know, I, I guess we look at our own history and people starting up, there's a lot of people who are bloggers who want to create some sort of, uh, you know, blogging empire, make some money writing about a thing, helping people around a thing, making a, a product. Uh, and in, I hate the term info product, by the way. Oh, Nothing sounds just more sleazy. But, How about infopreneur? Oh, are you an infopreneur? <laughs> what about mediapreneur? That's, That's better. Tommy, Tommy Corbett here is actually a mediapreneur. <laughs> He's an infopreneur and a mediapreneur all in one. So I'm excited to bring him to you because you have all these questions about the future of commerce. <laughs> you're you're teetering from you saw English me, like, English gentleman to Indian. Yeah, <laughs> my my friend here is worked on the internet. <laughs> you want to pop it down? I do actually. <laughs> oh my buddy. Um. So God, it's going to be a long episode. This feels good though. I feel, I love talking to you guys. So this can be a harrowing moment for entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? Especially when you're by yourself, you're doing your own thing. And like you said, I love the way you said that, Corbett. Is this going to have a breakthrough? Like, is this going to work? Am I going to get like some traffic eventually and someone's going to buy a product eventually? Is this worthwhile for me to pursue? Yeah. And most of the time, most of the time, we're not looking at our own businesses with a kind of critical eye the way that like the way that that other startups kind of are are learning how to be through, you know, Eric Ries's lean startup has created this whole movement of people looking at the data, starting to like just see what really learn day by day by day by day what people are actually using, only trying to focus on only doing the things that people are using instead of, you know, some founders' idea. Wasting a bunch of time on, right? yeah. So um, it's interesting, though. Wouldn't you say that most people doing the blog stuff, we're, we're, like it's, it costs literally nothing to start up a site and start trying to do a thing. And you've been doing it for a year now. It, it, you've just been put, spending your time doing your thing, making the thing. And now you're looking back saying like, should I be doing this? Yeah. Is this even worthwhile? Yeah. And the critical question really is, I mean, to me, it's the question is the whole business that I built here in terms of audience and just direction it's going, does that really exist or is it kind of a figment of my imagination? Like, is this really a pain point and yeah. something that's worthwhile? Um, or maybe 
you personally as an entrepreneur just haven't put all the pieces together yet. Yes, yeah. maybe the idea and the audience and all that kind of stuff is there if you just reach them in the right way. So is it you or is it your idea that has yeah. a flaw in it? And if you decided to quit or do something else, are you going to run into all the same problems again because you as an entrepreneur are missing a piece of the puzzle? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question, and it's different for everybody. And it's, in some ways, um, it's really, really hard to answer. Yeah. So thinking about, let, let's all go around the table here. What's been, your, what's been the hardest thing? What do you wish you would have known? Going into going into a, a when you look back on a pivot situation, yeah. What, what about what'd you say? So for me, um, you know the the startup that I did before this, it was three years long, and we raised a bunch of venture capital. And um, towards the end, probably the second half of that time, uh, just my co-founder and I were really like arguing every day about the direction of the company and whether or not we should pivot. Uh-huh. And the thing that I wish I had known is that data. And customer conversations can really cut through all of that, mm-hmm. like theoretical arguing that tends to happen. If you just talk to customers and actually find out, like, what do you think about this? Because really, they're the ones that matter, yeah. you know. And maybe not, maybe not just discussions, but also data in the software. Like, people aren't using this, you know what I mean? Or yeah. they, like you said earlier, what parts of this are they actually using and connecting mm-hmm. with? And what parts of it do they just not seem to understand or care about? Use data. Use some, you know, qualitative data as well by talking to people and doing surveys and stuff like that. And just bring that into the conversation instead of this going around and around against one person's okay, vision versus another. That's a really good point. First of all, hold on, let's pause. Caleb, bring us back to right there, okay? Okay. I don't know how where we just were, but bring us there. And you have to a make second. a you have to make it like a, a rewinding sound with your mouth. <laughs> <when> you <do laughs> Good job, Caleb. <laughs> great, great sounds, Caleb. Um, so, uh, what does pivot mean? First of all, hold on. Let's go back. Yeah. Okay. Eric Rees actually termed coined this term. Do you know that? He seems like such a young guy. He coined me. the term he pivot. Coined the term pivot as it relates to what we're talking about for a business. Good for him. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool. It's a cool. Uh, cool term to have coined. Yep. It is, he must make so much money off of that trademarking yeah. pivot. People talk about that a lot. I think every time I say pivot, he just gets money in his bank. But what he's getting at in there is is not a full switch, like canning this company, moving on to another company. It's it's sort of it's a change in direction with a similar sort of. You can see the you can see the common threads between where we're going now, where we compared to where we were. Yeah. Then, right. Well, so, no. Sometimes it's sometimes it's a little more dramatic. Sure. I, I've experienced that as well. Yeah. But um. One of the things that he he continues to say is that it, it does have that. I don't think it, it matters one way or the other. Most of the people we're we're talking to and ourselves when we look at our history. I mean, a pocket like you were talking in uh, the last episode, Caleb. Pocketchange.com. You felt like kind of pigeonholed by that domain, but the truth is that could that could be finance. That could be uh, personal development, self discovery, t- changing things on on you know on a small sort of budget. You know what I mean? Learning what matters about life. That, like our domain, really, it's it's choosing a domain is crazy. Hey, like that feels very like that always feels scary. Yeah, you know. But uh, and you so you feel limited by it. But the truth is, most of the these domains, all, all the people we're talking to, there's probably a, a pivot. Or ha- there's a handful of pivots you could do within that domain. So do you see what I'm doing? Like, like, like when we when we anchor ourselves to that domain, yeah. to that to that brand in some ways. So you're saying yes, you can pivot without changing your brand mm-hmm. sometimes. 
Yes, or Absolutely. like an entity or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. that's really yeah, just a different focus maybe, or just focusing on a different problem within the same topic. Mm-hmm. That's, so pivot really kind of means just a shift. Like, hey, I was building this to solve people's problems who had hemorrhoids. Now I'm going to do it for. I'm not even going to go. <laughs> I'm Please. not even going to go there. Please. Oh, there's. Oh, I, I almost did though. God, I'm getting so much better with age. Holy crap, that would have been horrible if I actually said that out on the air. Anyways, I was dealing with people who had ADD. Now I'm uh, going to help people who have uh, ADD and are uh, sexually active females or something like that. Really? <laughs> but you see how that, that, that it's, it's in the same yeah. vein, but now there's different. That's really, yeah, that's really just kind of redefining your audience a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, so which, it's hard to say, like, how, you know, how deep does it have to be to yep. be considered a pivot? And, and, and that's the other thing. Like, that's what people don't know. That's where the uncertainty comes in. Totally. Do I just need to tweak the mm-hmm. audience I'm talking to, or do I need to go back to the drawing and, board? And looking back, it doesn't, it really, it doesn't matter if we, if we call it a pivot or a large classification pivot or a small, or yeah. a tweak or the point being like, uh, like, so for instance, for my story that I would say, I haven't pivoted fatherapprentice.com, but looking back, after I've uh, I've created my my own course, like worked with so many clients and created the Defining Your Audience course in Fizzle, yeah, I actually through making that course, I realized like, oh, and I started using Father Apprentice as an example of what I should do to my site to to tweak it, not just for dads who want to be great or new dads who want to be great, but new dads who work who want to be great because that added little like addition of the niche. Now all of a sudden. That changes everything for me. You know what I mean? And that, that in some ways, that's a, it's a marketing angle. But it, for me, it's not as a, as a content creator. And because now I have legs and I have someone to serve versus like, of course, yeah, you can go serve dads. But like that is anyways. And so a quick question for you there, Chase. Did yeah. you actually like publicly declare that you're going to do this huge pivot and you're only going to focus on one group? Because I think that a lot of people feel that they need to tell the world that they're going to make this huge mm. change instead yeah. of just changing and doing it. And then... Right. People will notice it eventually. No, yeah, and, and you certainly don't have to. You know, like what we do with uh, the Fizzle.co homepage when we're A/B testing a headline. What we're looking, what we're doing is we're we're tweaking, we're taking some some thing, like we're choosing between two option, two angles in on, on mm-hmm. Fizzle, right, and saying, hey, which one of these resonates with more people? Yeah, you know what I mean for whatever reason, and we're and then we do the learning from that. Like yeah. I think I see A/B testing as an awesome little metaphor for pivoting. It's like a really small one. So you mentioned the data. Mm-hmm. So one of my points that I have here on my little uh, on my little nebulous notes is is uh, what is how will you know if you're failing? Do you know, listener? How like I, I didn't I wouldn't know in Father Apprentice if I was failing or not because I had never made those I have never chosen a metric. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's there's subscribers and traffic and all this other stuff, but I never really and really never tweaked and turned it into a full-on business. I never tried to make my whole income from it. Yep. But I was steps away from that. And yeah. looking back at that, that's the most poignant example I can see where, okay, I would choose my you know KPI, right? Your, your killer performing incident. I think that's right. I think it's, no, it's... Uh, Key performance kosher, indicator. Oh. Kosher pelican intestines. That's the one you were talking... Sorry, yeah. yeah. It's kosher pelican intestines. No, key performance indicators. Your KPIs. What you want to do is you want to find a KPI, right? So you go to the KPI store. They're going to have a bunch of jars. All right. You just pick one that feels right. doesn't really matter. The crispy one. The crispy one. Um, but your KPI is, or, or uh, you know, plural or whatever. But truly, even just thinking about this, we can, you can go into Google Analytics. You can see every freaking metric in the whole world. 
Okay, get rid of everyone but one. Focus on one. What what and one what choosing which metric actually matters can like that can change the whole deal. So for us with fizzle.co, it's revenue. We can get a million people in the door that all leave that first month. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yes. Yeah. And so churn is a, to me a piece of of revenue or whatever, right? But, but but the question is, you know, okay, so let's say you picked revenue and here you know, we're talking to yeah. like our one of our audience members Let's say they don't have any revenue, yeah. or let's say they have the same revenue every month for six months. Do they? How do they know yeah. if they should scrap the whole thing and start over, or if they just change yeah. the right thing? Because our, our initial metric wasn't revenue; it was more about customer sir or customer satisfaction. You know, talking to people in the form, how does this feel? You know, because we knew it was just in beta or alpha, and we we're trying to make this thing yeah. that we would. So, with Father Apprentice, it would it would have been that one thing before I had a product, and another thing after I had a product, yeah. right? And then even after you have that product, if your key is, if you know, maybe there's another one that you add to that your KPI list, your uh, kosher pelican intestine list. Um, that that because you if you're just if you've just got revenue alone. Well, it turns into being a pretty hollow kind of life, you know what I mean? But but it is suffice it to say, it's a reality. You've got to be making the money, or you've got to be increasing your subscribers, or you've got to have something that you're looking at and saying, this is going to be, I will know when I am successful or not based on this metric, yeah. or a combination or at of least these, in that dimension. these two yeah. metrics, you know? But for right now, and then you bring up a great point, that that metric changes over time. Yep. Up front, it's not revenue, because you don't have anything to sell. Up front, it's not even subscribers because you don't have any people on your page. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're looking at traffic, and you can say, all right, for the next 30 days, I'm looking at traffic. Set the calendar event. For the next 60 days after that, I'm focusing on subscribers. And I'm looking into, well, what tweaks can I make that, that you know, affect that or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it grows. Your business matures over time. Right. So anyways, the point just being so many, like for me, the sites that I made, like you were getting back to the story you had in the beginning of like, hey, is this going to turn into something? Like I know that that feel I feel that when you say that because I've been there. Mm-hmm. You never, I, you know, half the time you start up a, a site or a blog and you're like, don't really have these big business dreams or goals, and you don't really know what a you know a a killer uh, performing indicator is, or you know, dang, I, performance indicators is <laughs> couldn't even stuff <laughs> stuff, but uh, but you know. You you don't start out like that. So okay. So so if you don't have your KPI now or or a couple of them, what are they for you? For where you are right now. So you can say for the next thirty days. In thirty days, I'm going to set my calendar event, and I'm going to say, how am is this going trending up or down? You know what I mean? Or and, sideways? Or or sideways? Or like, do I not care about it? You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Meaning, someone sitting there, should I pivot? Should I quit? Well, is this going well or bad? Do you know? Because yeah. you you got a vague sense about it, but that is not to be trusted half the time. You yeah. Know? Well, so I mean, there are, there are things that cause a pivot as well. So if if you're in a typical startup, then you have a runway of dollars. Yeah. You have limited patience from the board and and other people, advisors Investors. who are going to um, give you a certain amount of time to figure things out, and then they're going to start expecting something different from you. Yeah. So there may be those external factors. But in your in in the case of most people listening to this, it's probably more like, well, you have limited patience for waiting for a business to work when yeah. you want to be quitting your job and getting on with your life, or maybe you have limited spousal support or something. You know what I mean? You've been working on this for yeah, a year yeah. or whatever, or you and have I, a ton of other ideas and you might think those are better. And you yeah, and you think which are, yep. which to do? Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. So, um, 
So for me, the question, I guess, is um, if you're in that situation, like what can you do to kind of jar something loose and change the situation? You know what I mean? So um, I'll give you an example of somebody that I've worked with, Scott Dinsmore from Live Your Legend. We've talked about him before. Oh, Live your, what a legend he is. <laughs> LiveYourLegend.net. So Scott had been blogging for three years or so. Legendary and blogger. And I don't think he, um, I don't think he necessarily had like big business goals for his blog. But he did feel like he'd spent a lot of time on it. He wanted it to go somewhere, and it wasn't it wasn't going anywhere. I think he had a couple of hundred subscribers after three years, and mm-hmm. his his blog at the time was called Reading for Your Success. The legendary Scott Dinsmore and the legend of the email growth cycle. <laughs> so Scott, now um, if you look at his site, it's it's wildly popular. He has a a TEDx talk that's been watched hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. He has tens of thousands of email subscribers, and he has a multiple six-figure business on his hands. What a uh, legend. He is a legend. and The legend of Dinsmore. <laughs> I'll never forget the battle. Caleb, I wish that you could get this in your ear, like when he's that close to the microphone. You're not getting it the same way I am. It, I'll it's hear like, it when I listen to it later. We yeah. all want the legendary. Can I turn monitor Dinsmore. A down a little bit? I want the legends. <laughs> you want the legends. We need the legends. So um, The ledger will... Oh, never mind. <laughs> the point being, so for Scott, the question was, I've been at this three years, is there something fundamentally wrong with the audience that I'm trying to attract and the things that I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he and I started working together. And, and I think sometimes this is a key step. Getting outside feedback totally maybe if your customers aren't telling you enough then get feedback from a mentor figure or someone who just has a little bit different experience from you and really um try to find out like what the key problem is and for scott it wasn't his content or his the way he was reaching out to his audience because he was actually writing really compelling content and it was really useful but the way he had packaged those ideas under reading for your success it's like People just, it just fell flat. <laughs> Sounds like a PBS, like, interstitial. <clears throat> Reading for your success. I'm LeVar Burton. Reading for your success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so for him, it wasn't, it wasn't the repackaging. Uh, it, was, it was not the ideas. It was the packaging of the Got ideas. It. So uh, we kind of just took a step back, redefined his audience, came up with new branding, new naming, all that kind of stuff, and relaunched his site. It was still his voice, and he was still talking about the same things. Yeah. We just set a new stake in the ground, saying this is the new, you know, this is the goal, this is what I'm after, mm-hmm. and broadened his horizons and made it feel a lot bigger. You know, the legend I mean? got bigger. That the, day. the legend got bigger. The legend. It grew two sizes. <laughs> the legend grew, and to this day, it still grows. Exactly. So, so for people listening, I mean, you know, maybe you can't know the answer to this question, you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. Unless you talk to customers or unless you get some sort of outside opinion, mm-hmm. reach out to someone, you know, tell someone that you're struggling, someone that you look up to, you know, people, uh, you know, if somebody writes and says, Hey, I'm really struggling. I've been going at this for a couple of years. Like your heart goes out to somebody yeah. when, when you feel that pain and, and that they've actually been putting the work in. And, um, that might be a great way to strike up some sort of little mentorship relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or deep. use your mastermind group if you don't have any mentors that you know of. You know, yeah, other people like that are at your level just bounce ideas off them. And, I love yep. the way your voice just sounded. Or use your mastermind group. <laughs> now, another another option, if you don't have you know good outside feedback or you've gotten outside feedback and it's a little bit unsure, is to 
force yourself into a situation where a decision has to be made after a certain amount of time. Like yeah. give yourself a deadline. Okay, 60 days, I'm going to do a big push. I still believe in this thing. Yeah. I'm going to do a big push for 60 days. And at the end of that, if I haven't met you know, this performance measurement or this one, then I'm going to you know, rejigger things and, yeah. and, and take a different direction. Yeah, I remember the first time I wasn't meeting your key performance indicators and you rejiggered me. And How'd that feel? <laughs> I'm still walking with a limp. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Caleb's face. So good. Oh, my man. Okay. So, uh, well, Caleb, I don't know. What are you hearing over there? I think we need to talk about quitting. Okay. We, we haven't really talked about quitting. We talked about pivoting, and we haven't really talked about quitting or pushing yet. Okay. So, uh, so uh, the way I kind of see it is there's three options. You pivot, you know, which could be anything from a little tweak to like a larger sort of rebrand and, uh, you know, di- uh, some sort of different angle on where different direction on, on what you've already had. Yeah. Um, so there's the pivot. There is the, the push, uh, or the persevere or whatever, where you just say, you know what, this is just having, we're just having a hard moment right now. Most things that are worthwhile are going to take a lot of work and it's going to, it's not going to be easy, you know? So I got to push through it. I really like, you know, it's, it's really Steve jobs was the guy who was like, I'm, I've got a maniacal vision for what this needs to be. And it's never good enough. And the customer doesn't know. She, what you know? What customer does not know yep. what they need. I know what they need better than they do. Um, which and you know, and he had and he had the like guts to give that vision thirty years yeah. to develop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. who has that kind of stamina? Totally, you know? and push through it. And all, but most of us, frankly, yeah. If you think you're a Steve Jobs, more power to you. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, the rest of us are gonna gonna have to like learn from our audience, learn how to serve them, learn what they actually like. You know, learn how to how to take care of them better, how to create the stuff that they love. You know, and we do that by looking at our KPIs and stuff like. That. So sometimes we have to just push through, keep doing the work, keep our head down, listen to your gut. You know, because sometimes it's like the, oh, this isn't going very well. Nothing ever goes very well for me. I'm never going to be an entrepreneur. And sometimes it's like something else in you where where it's it's just like, yeah, this is really hard. I've kind of got my, I'm kind of feeling down about this. Like like it's more more than kind of like I actually haven't. I've been drunk for like eight days now. Like I have, literally haven't even sobered up yet, and I'm trying to figure out who I am. But I think this is still worthwhile. Did you, you know, just switch into reality for a second there? I, I feel you just started telling your own story, happened. your own personal story. Yeah, where am I? Who are you, people? Hey, get <laughs> hey, off my hey. lawn. Have Have either of you guys read The Dip by Seth Godin? By Seth I Godin. Have, I haven't, yeah. but I feel like Caleb has. I Tell have, us about yeah. it, Caleb. Spread your wisdom about it. Yeah. Well, it basically just. No matter what project you're on, you're going to come to a point where it's down. And whether things aren't going well or you're sick of them or what have you, and you need to decide whether to keep going or to pivot or to go yeah. do something else. It's that lull, right? That natural yeah, yeah. lull in a project that's going yeah, to happen. And, and we should just we should just mention that you should read that book because I know I've read I know I've I think I watched the video I read the gist of it or something about because you know like half of these books like all you need to do is read the first 20 pages and then you're like oh totally that was brilliant and then there's like 180 other pages yeah and, and you're like oh good no the, another, that's a great example like that's that. a really yeah. good oh look at all these examples and they do they do help but but the the idea alone of the dip you know and you can imagine a graph it's high on the left it dips down it's, it gets back high on the right you can imagine like a little ball, like rolling into that and kind of just going settling back in. and forth yeah. and slowly settling. Unless it has enough momentum to like get out of it. And then it, it has to learn how to actually be an engine. There's one thing to try to just momentum yourself up the other side. Yeah. 
but it has to learn how to be its own little engine. Come on, little ball, you can be an engine. Come on, little ball. But you know it's a great question though, because a lot of uh, a lot of startups never experience that dip. You can think of yeah. big success stories like Tumblr or like um, like uh, Dropbox, for example. They just seem like they just pff, were a rocket ship. Yeah, but to there's begin plenty. With. Of, there's plenty of like you know what the dip. Looks like like half the time is like I got a buddy uh, who runs a plumbing company and and every day for him is how do we go from nineteen percent profitability to twenty percent profitability? Yep. You know what I mean? And then and in twelve months it'll be how do we go from twenty to twenty one? And same thing with Tumblr. Okay, we've got you know one billion users. How do we get to one point one billion users? Yep. You know how do we get into the you know? And so it's it's like there's more. There's always work. There's always an engine being made behind some of those companies. I think. But the, but the point still it's it's a good it's a good picture of this idea that like most things worthwhile you hit this dip most things that you care about that you're trying to make you land in this dip this lull where it's like oh man maybe I'm dumb maybe I'm an idiot and half of it for me has always been self doubt you know oh you idiot you're never going to be able to make this or yeah. I really want to make this as good as person X made that yep you know when it's not there right or and just I think even even calling it a dip makes it negative typically so yeah. something bad happened or it's stalling. Yeah. yeah, but I think it plateauing is another thing where you're on oh, totally. your way up, and then it flatlines. Like, yeah, like with working it's out, it's not like, growing anymore. I'm not earning enough. Whatever. So and you're tired. You- and you're tired, right? Because it's like I put in all that energy to launch to lift up to this point, mm-hmm. and now oh, I got to do it again to yeah. get out of this hole. I talked with a really big time successful blogger, and and he had that same. Same, like massive audience he had that same sort of sentiment recently it was just like huh that's interesting you can build your blog you can get a hundred thousand email subscribers you can work your tail off to get there and then you get there and guess what now you got to get 150,000 subscribers yeah right and so it's like what are you in this for and this is to my point this is my my point about the dip is is uh we're not my point about it but not like you can you can always get out of it but man when you when when there's something that you can create that's useful to someone when you can whether or not you're passionate about it, whatever that means, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you have some sort of personal interest, some sort of care about it, and you see that it's actually useful, if you've made something value- useful for someone's asshole, right? Like according to our last conversation, when you see the usefulness of your thing, the value of it, that is, for me, that's typically, an- either I care enough about that story or I don't to engine myself through the work to get back up the other side. You know what I mean? A, yeah, yeah. We uh, we talked a little like about Zen or Buddhism last time a little bit. <laughs> Boy, did we! Yeah, I mean, just the the idea of enjoying the journey as as opposed to putting all of your happiness, yeah. the, you know, into the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the outcome happens, like, what are you going to do from there? You yeah. know. So the the other, I think, the other thing about the idea of quitting or pivoting or whatever. In some cases, just if you believe, like you said, maybe not to a Steve Jobs level, but if you just believe in the mission and the people that you're trying to serve and all that kind yeah. of stuff, then maybe it's worth pushing through um, regardless of how successful the business is because yeah. you just want to be a player in that space and you want to see it through and do what you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you care, with care, care is the uh, care is the radical, <laughs> the free radical in the KPI thing. When you, that's like, you know what? 
tra- my KPIs, they're not trending up, right? How many times could Steve Jobs say that about you know one product or another, or something that he was proud of, or or or, or knew was going to be a big deal, or or that was you know production of it? It's never going to be in on, under that budget, Steve. Yeah. It's just never, and he just had to champion it. He had to he had to go through it, whatever. And obviously, we're sort of ideal idealizing him you yep. know in some ways um because he was he's sort of a twat but but the point being should i bleep that i don't know i don't know for uk listeners they'd be like i thought i don't really see what the problem is <laughs> I don't, it's just a, it's just a word we just use that i mean it's the same as sort of chicken head isn't it yeah <laughs> I, I wish i could live in my in my uk self <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be just fun you know every day Right. Just wake up. Just wait. Oh, God. It's a great day. Have some bangers and mash. And- oh, I'm going to have some. I'm going to have some tomato, tomatoes. I'll have <laughs> wow. some tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It was a. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's the, that's the dip and the push. Okay, so let's move but- on from that and get towards the quit, quitting because I think. Frankly, most I I think statistically most people are in that mode of like, hey, it's probably just going to take some work to get through this. Like Dinsmore, that's a that's totally a pivot, but it, he had to have some sort of internal engine and believability about yeah. him doing this kind of work. Number one, and the value of it too, like you know if it's useful or valuable to someone. Yeah. And number three, uh, just those two, just one and two. Those are the only two mm. that he had to have. Uh, I think. And it, of course, you really, you really Rick parried that one. Remember number three and just moving so, on. And well, number three is, uh, shucks. <laughs> and number three is, well, God bless America. Of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish you could see my little shoulder shrug <laughs> as I do that. It's pretty good. I remember John McCain, like a little fish arm that comes up. Oh, <laughs> <Aww, laughs> that's just rude. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Um, so let's get into the quit now. All right. We've talked about pivoting. We know that there's there's lots of options there. We talked about di- going through the dip, pushing on, persevering, and and probably the big takeaway from this is like, okay, do you have an, a, a performance indicator that you can look at and say, I have this goal to have either this much traffic or these many retweets or these many email subscribers or this much revenue. Not that we recommend retweets. As <laughs> you a- should absolutely get into episode number 11 on vanity metrics and on what metrics matter and which ones don't, because that actually is a good conversation. Um, unlike other conversations with you guys, you boys are just super hard to get anything good out of. <laughs> but um, So let's talk about quitting. Caleb, you brought this up. I think you have something to say on this. Is yeah, so before I dive he into be this, quitting us? he's quitting us. Caleb's just quitting in general. I, he's yeah, done. I just want to take this time to throwing make a in big the announcement. Towel. Oh man! No, just kidding. <laughs> so Seth Godin has this interview that he did with Jonathan Fields. This is Good Life Project, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I think it's around the seventeen or eighteen minute point in this video. But he talks about how everything that he does now is a project, and mm. projects typically have an ending already built into them. So there's a finish line. It's like running a marathon. You start, you finish. Congratulations, you move on and you do your next race. It's like an actor doing a movie or someone writing a book. Like you don't want Tom Hanks making Castaway Eleven. Yeah. Or whatever. He he moves on, he makes new movies, new yeah. projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and you finish them. I like that. Except that Seth has a blog that has continuously I wonder if that has an end. He started it in two thousand two. He also has a career, an ongoing career as an author, and that yeah, that but doesn't I, really you, have you can it, that that's fine though. I mean, in some ways, blog is categorically different, different because blog 
in in the true respect of the word, like there's publishing, there's online publishing, there's there's I'm writing the book on this thing and I'm doing it a chapter of it at a time on my blog, right? And then there's there's like a blog, a, a, like your your web blog, like your thing that's like I had this for lunch today, and you know, and it's this this ongoing this journal. Seth, I'm sure could look at posts he wrote two years ago and be like, oh, what crap, right? You know, even though I could read that post today and change my whole world, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but there's something a little ongoing about uh, about. Those like that's my point. It's ongoing. It's not a project. Sure. I mean, unless unless it's going to end at. Some but maybe point. what he's talking about that I don't. I, maybe what he's but talking like the about the books that, that he writes or the Domino sure. project that he did. Squidoo like was starting and yeah, Squidoo still like still exists. Well, because it's it's probably I don't know how often how much maybe often he, he actually maybe he moved on to somebody you know something else. I, I'm just saying like I that's a that's a great way to look at things and it t- takes yeah. the pressure off because it's like oh well this thing's going to be done in two years or yep. whatever. But I mean. There's a common thread there for everybody, I feel like. But I, what I like, what I do like about that is it forces you to think of what, what does this look like if it's successful? How will I know when this is successful, right? So you, mm-hmm. gotta, you, you start looking at, okay, I need at least this much revenue. In order to do that, I need to have this much uh, email subscribers because about 1% of them are going to buy my thing. And so, you know what I mean? You look at yeah. the thing and you're like, okay, this is what it looks like to build this business. These are my m- metrics. And so I can, I can say in two, my goal is in two years, I'm you know, breaking even or on this, that, or the other, right? Yep. And now you can, you can chart yourself by that course. Not that, that, not that now you're going to be successful and before you weren't going to be, but just that like in, now you're not in a year and a half, you're not wallowing around in, in is this going to happen or is this or isn't this? You know what I mean? Because you're, you're, you're not taking it serious because that idea could be great. But I I just didn't take those ideas serious. They could have been a thing. Yeah. I just didn't know how to do it. And I wasn't in the stage of life to do it, frankly. You well, know it sounds I mean? like Seth is more like just time boxing everything, saying, okay, I'm going to release this in six months. And then once it's done, it's done. And I move on to yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Which is a really interesting model. I, I mean, I like it. It, I have, it feels I just, very freeing. I just read something or saw something today about chain smoking projects. Uh, the, the gist was Hemingway would finish writing each day in the middle of a sentence. So he knows exactly where to start up uh, tomorrow when he starts writing again. Yep. He would actually just finish that sentence and keep going. It kind of built, bakes in the momentum, right? Mm. Um, instead of like, hmm, what will I write today? Like, what will this I've really been doing that by breaking down tasks as much as possible. So it's yeah. not like edit this whole video interview that's going to take me hours to do. Yeah. It's like import footage. Mm-hmm. And like mentally, I can't import the footage and not like start editing or putting it in a multicam, so and then I just start working on it. Yep. So it's like if you silo your tasks, to like the very first tiny little thing, totally. Then it'll get you going to actually complete stuff. The idea being, you can you can actually do this with your projects too. You know, not just your tasks, not just your sentences, but um, you bake in to your project that you're doing right now this six month cycle or this one year or two year project. You like uh, someone said that she did the. Oh, uh, it was, um, uh, why do I want to say Amy Mann? Okay, if there was an Amy Mann 20 years before Amy Mann, okay. it was, I know there's, there's a fizzle out there going like, it's, you know. Uh, you were talking about like an indie singer-songwriter? Folk singer-songwriter, oh, straight hair. yeah, what's her name? Uh, uh, why do I not Bob- have it? Pave Paradise and Put Up a Parking Lot? Pave Paradise and Put Up a Parking Lot. And Is that I'm not who you're talking, talking about? The Counting Crows, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, and I love her. God, apparently not. I need to do some. I need to. Sorry, Joni. I need to give her some love. I need to go listen to my LPs, bro. But um, 
she would she would say her mo- the thing she's least impressed with in her last album yep. would be the inspiration for the album she started working oh, on. Oh, nice! Now. I like that. So you can see how like okay, I just made this product. Uh, I spent six months making this thing. That's a that's a a book for you know sexually active girls with ADHD. You know, women, uh-huh, yeah. women, sorry, six packs of women with ADHD and the, the challenges and struggles of that. I'm selling it for a buck on my site or yeah. whatever, right? So now there's, there was one chapter in there that, that, or whatever, I see a similarity between that and this other uh, sort of thing that I can, you know, so you see the built-in kind of quality of this. And it for when you bring down the deadline, the, the, the length of these projects, you, you can, I don't know, if it, if it takes you two months to write your next product, uh, then when I like it, cause like my buddy Jay is up in Canada and he's doing like a, he's, he's in a handful of different startups in an incubator kind of environment. Right. Yep. Cause you know, statistically one of these is going to work and the others are not, you know what I mean? And just like Paul Graham and you know, Y Combinator and all this sort of stuff, this model of trying a bunch of different things because most of them aren't going to work. So, so how can I spin off? cycles of me to make an MV, a minimum viable product, like a product that can stand up on its own two legs. I mean, it's not going to be the best possible thing for this solution right now, but I can see which one's the clear winner and then focus the next 10 years on that one, but do it with the data that we've learned over the last five years of building these, you know, 25 products or whatever, yeah. right? So there's something in that that vaguely reminded me of what Caleb was saying, and now I can't remember what All it right. was. All right. I was like, wondering. <laughs> you were wondering where the circle yeah. was going to yeah. finish. Well, I think that quitting just in general is a negative thing. Like it has a stigma. Mm. Yeah. And so it's really hard to quit without people saying, oh, he failed or yeah. something yeah. like that. And so, I mean, their are phrases like quitters never win and not quitting is half the battle and stuff like that. Mm. But if you think about it, if you quit something entirely, in a way, it can just be a pivot because yeah. you can almost always come back to what you're doing unless you burn bridges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like as an example, so Michael Jordan won three NBA rings. Then he quits and goes and plays baseball. He like rides the bus, goes play minor league baseball. He's like, this isn't working. He comes back. He wins three more championships in the NBA. So it's like, even if you quit and go do something else, yeah, like you don't lose all this stuff that you worked on. You don't lose your network. Yeah, you and don't isn't lose- isn't Michael Jordan's story so much more interesting because he was like a mediocre baseball player, you yeah. know, and because he went on that whole thing like at the height of his career. He took some time off to go yeah. play some minor league baseball. It just makes the story so much more interesting. Those little failures. And Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam. <laughs> oh, God, what a great movie. <laughs> but it, Is that on the IMDb's 100 Greatest Movies of All Time? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's I number, that it's number 22. Track movie totally it's is. number 22. Shazam? Shazam. <laughs> Shazam, my man. I was like, what's it called? Wizard guy? <laughs> wizard, guy? wizard guy? Wizard guy in a boombox? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really great point, though. Caleb, I think all right, that, guys, we need to make a, all right. Get, here's the thing: say we need to make a film, say, but we need to get this hip hop crowd in. All right, something whimsical, something crazy, but it's for hip hop guys, right? So let's get like a, a, like a wizard that comes out of a a had, boom box. Had he had had Shaq made his rap album by that point? Oh, or? dude, Diesel, yeah, Shaq, so. Diesel, booyah! I actually did. I had that. I actually really liked that. I listened to that around the same time I was listening to Snow. Um, Informer. Informer. And 13 Inches of Snow. <laughs> All 13. Li- literally the name of the album. Um, diesel. Snow. Unbelievable. Talk about pivots. Um, <laughs> but you're saying, you know, quitting has this has a stigma. And it really does. Think about the word quitter. Like, that's just a, that is like yeah. a dig, right? Oh, I don't like him. He's a quitter, isn't he? Yeah. Actually, what they say? Quitter? Quitter. 
but but let's let's give the counterpoint to this, Caleb. Like I, I completely agree. Sometimes it feels like I just have to keep going because I can't be a quitter when it's you're being dumb about it because yeah. obviously this thing's not going to work. Yeah, right? you're not you're not pushing through. You're just punting on making a decision. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. figure this out later. Totally, totally. Which which we have a current project underway that we need to get off the pot, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but on the other By hand, the way, people went nuts for shitting in tall cotton. <laughs> still don't know what it means <laughs> it means you're living high on the hog <laughs> again, really, again i'm like I'm, I, I don't know man Maybe his I just, country I, bumpkin references uh, yeah. don't, i don't understand them, but what does that mean do i have a ladder don't, or is it don't worry about it it's like it's like when you have a dollar waiting on a dime please <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, geez, Louise! Breaking out the good china. Um, <laughs> oh, my point, great. my point was uh, the counterpoint to this is yes, plenty of people feel like quitting is a stigma. They don't want to do it. They just need to keep going. I need to keep walking up this hill, and eventually, you know. Mm. On the other hand, there are these other people, which I think are far more common, who constantly spin their wheels by jumping into something, you know, um, quickly figuring out that. Oh, it's going to be a lot of work. It seems kind of boring. And then they yeah. quit and they move on to another thing. And they just go from one project to the next, never digging in enough to actually make any progress. Mm. And they just have this like quitter cycle, yeah. which is a really negative thing. It's like they're yep. just, you know, constantly. It totally can be. And I, I've, I felt that as well because like when we were getting into my Johnny Resnick phase, glad I quit that. Some things we quit are It's good. Like one of the things. That has to be said um, is that as an entrepreneur, you have to make difficult decisions. It's mm-hmm. your job, you know, and your time is your most valuable asset, you know. So if you're going to be sitting around lollygagging in a thing that you should have quit two years ago, but it's kind of hard to make that decision, you're going to when you do quit, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I would have done that earlier. Think about that. I mean, I could have actually I could actually have stayed married if I would have done that earlier or whatever. Have you ever heard you know? anyone say I wish I would have quit quit later than I did? I don't, I don't think I've, I've well you would never know because you quit so you didn't you didn't see what the outcome was you know what and i mean that's the thing about life, i mean but yeah i it? guess i guess you could imagine someone saying oh you know i wish that i had I, I, I had tried out. i'd stuck it out i wish i'd stuck it out i think a lot of people look back on their younger years and feel like they wish they had just dug in and actually mm-hmm. done something yeah you know yeah it's crazy because <laughs> i don't know for some reason i think about well i think about jesse your wife corbett and it's like she's young she's painting a thing and someone says, hey, you're good at that. And she's stuck with it the rest yeah, of her life. From six years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like she met you around that same time, and she, you guys just stuck with each <laughs> other. Six, she was five. <laughs> she, was, she was five. <laughs> oh, she fell down on the slide. Yeah. I helped her up. Yeah. And that was that. <laughs> I can picture that. Um, but no, that, that, we, it really is our job. Like, yeah, there's no freaking manual on this thing. You can't look. I mean, yeah, the... There's there's some there's some great tips. Have some KPIs. Try to see if this is trending up or down. Look inside your gut and see if you care about this or not. You know, ask yourself what matters about your life, what you what kind of life you want to lead. If this business fits into that in some way or if it needs to change based on things that you've learned recently. Yeah. But the, that's art, not science. There's very little science in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Now you could Go like like if you read Lean Startup and if you listen to Eric Ries talk about this stuff, he, he's a he's like a badass engineer, and so he thinks about these things in badass engineer style, almost right? in scientific. Terms, you know, it's yeah. it's it's basically it's a it, it's all it's all data, it's all spreadsheets. Yep, and that's great. 
I don't know. I, I, I fizzle out on that stuff. That, that's never been what, that's not where my strengths are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think the other thing though, is also to think about, you know, the battle versus the war. So you might pivot or quit on one particular thing, but you know, your overall career, you know, the thing that you're working towards is bigger than any one project that you're working yeah. on. You know what I mean? So, so we as a business and me personally in this business over the past four and a half years, I've quit plenty of things. I started a bunch of stuff. I mean, the first two blogs that I started, technically, I mean, they don't really exist anymore as they were. Free yeah. pursuits. You have products and, that we don't sell and, anymore. Yeah, I have products that we've buried. And um, a lot of times that's just culling the old stuff to make way for new. Because yeah. you only have so much time on your hands mm-hmm. and so much focus to create meaningful projects. Yeah. And a lot of times what we do is we decide that, you know what? Our vision has grown and it's bigger than this thing that we created last year and we're just gonna retire this and move on to the next thing yeah. and and so parlay like, what we've learned into this other thing that that has you know like an like an like an amy mann song like a joni mitchell song yeah or an album based on the worst parts of the last one or the most interesting parts of the last one yep that we know we're carrying with us you know what i mean exactly um one one point that i uh that i guess my my, my i guess my closing my closing thoughts. And in conclusion, I'd like to say, Caleb, if you could queue up uh, maybe one or two listener questions, because I think we're going to have about 10 minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Thanks, pal. Uh, but I don't know why it said like, okay. <laughs> it sounded weird. But, you know, we've always, we always hear the stat about eight out of 10 new businesses fail, right? Um, I did see some, re- some stats that was like between 2002 and 2010, this guy... Uh, who I didn't, I don't know about. Do you know who Ron Conway is? Yes. Okay. What, I've, I've met him. Oh, really? What's the background there? He is uh, the most prolific angel investor in Silicon Valley. He's an older Got gentleman it. and he invests in hundreds of startups every year. Okay. So this is uh, based, based on 500 startups that he probably invested in all of them. Yep. Um, so it's a very small, it sounds like a lot, but it's a small amount of startups already highly cold. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he. Yeah. So, so this, you can't really look at these stats as a as a good indicator for other. No, but it's interesting anyway. Yeah. Businesses, but um, in so in that situation, in that situation, sixty percent of 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 the companies were successful. Uh, didn't didn't mention anything about the stats on that, right? What 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 is the successful on that? Yeah, big return. Well, for him, it even, means for him it means it returned at least the investment. Something, yeah, yeah, basically something. Um, and I think it was that. The, that point not being the 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 bummer about these stats is they're they just seemed weird. Not only were they a bad sample size, but but anyways, the point being, second time founders, it was it was it was more likely to be successful for mm. people. And I, it didn't clarify if it was people who already had a successful company, yep. or people who just had already done a company. Okay, just the they had time. done something before. So we always hear the stat of eight out of ten businesses fail. Right. Right. How many businesses fail for the person doing on the second time, right? After a quit and restart, after a, a pivot that might be yep. big enough to you know, be classified as a restart, after this, that, and the other. So what you're going through right now, what I love is, I wish I could have looked, I wish I could, like we said in the last episode, um, I wish 
someone would go back in time and say, hey, you're going to be digging for the next 10 years. Just pay attention. Just pay attention. Take notes. See what feels like you. See what feels alien to you. See what feels good. See what feels bad. You don't know, when you do find focus, go all the way in and focus and dedicate yourself. Say yet your let your yes be yes, your no be no, and realize everything you say yes to will bring down the quality of every other yes in your life. You know what I mean? So be really stingy about what you say. You know, when you get there, when you get there, in the meantime, you gotta go try to do everything. You know what I mean? Uh that's because, powerful though. Just that yes quote you just had. Well, I think it started with Jesus, right? Uh, I think no, no, never mind. That was Tupac. Yeah, that was definitely Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I wish someone would have would have told me that, so that I wouldn't have been stressing myself about not focusing and not dedicating. Because if you ask Warren Buffett, if you ask all these guys, they're going to tell you the secret of success is they found a thing and they focused on it, dedicated yeah. themselves to it. Focus means saying no to everything else, dedicating to this one thing. Yeah, determination, grit, sticking it out, going through the dip. You know, stick to itiveness. Stick to itiveness. Um, so I, and I can say like, you know, based on this one year that I've had focusing on one thing, I'm, I'm like, I'm sold on it. I know this has been, a, this is a, a total, this is an absolute, you know, sea change for me. Um, but I had to do those 10 years of digging of just trying everything, going everywhere my heart desired, Absolutely. bleeding all over everything, yeah. trying things out, cutting my finger on this, that, and the other, really meeting these people who I don't, I'm not even in that space anymore, but man, they were, those are, those are friends for life. Forever, whenever they're yep. in town, they're staying with me. You yep. know, that all is an important phase on to to get to. It's going to take time to get to your thing. Yeah, and I have to say this too. One of the things Gary V. Oh man, I hate how much I've fallen in love with him in recent time. Like you know, he's always the guy you listened to back in the day, and he was a dude. And then it's like, where has he been? He's doing the thing, and he always feels a little douchey to me. But man, I've fallen in love with Gary V. I gotta, I gotta, just, I gotta come clean. I gotta come to Jesus on this. It's one. okay. A lot of people like him. I. Lo- I went back and watched a bunch of videos from him starting with that web 201 on the motivation yeah. post did you watch my interview with him uh i don't think so it's pretty good i listened to caleb's interview recent interview with him on pocket change podcast yeah it was great so but one of the things he says in this some recent little video he's on like a plane like huddled in, in like in the dark oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he says you know what we underestimate the the power of dna he says i don't know why i'm here and why i see the the opportunity that other people don't see yep i think we're underestimating DNA. Not that we can point to it or look to it or whatever yet or whatever, but that don't underestimate that. You either you might it might be this gene you have or you don't have. Totally. You know what I mean? And, I, and not just DNA, but luck as well. Totally. You know what I timing. mean? There's just yeah, there's timing and all kinds of stuff that happens. I tweeted yesterday. Uh, yeah, I tweet you guys. I don't know oh, if you dude. know this, but I. I so tweet. you have a social media strategy? Yeah, I have a I have a this Twitter oh, account and successful. I write on it once in a while. Um, Are you a Twitter wanna, guru? Don't want to brag or anything. <laughs> But uh, so I said, um, I said, you know, don't don't focus on being the best. Focus on being your best because it's really all that you can do. Um, and it takes the pressure off when Is you that when Joel you realize Osteen that. Quote, or I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> don't, fo- <laughs> don't focus on being the best. Just focus on being your best because <laughs> you might find that it's easier. Because if you bring your standards down, it, it is by definition. Literally, by definition, easier. Is he Rick Perry's cousin? <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't. I I think Joel Osteen sounds a lot better than that. Frankly, right. I haven't heard. Of, I don't know if I've ever heard the guy. But I, I I know what you're saying. But the point being, like you know, um, yes, DNA and luck both play a part. Yeah. And you are who you are and where you are because of the decisions you made. You can't sweat that stuff, and you can't necessarily expect to compete with Gary Vaynerchuk because 
he just has a different set of circumstances yeah. and built in, you know. Yeah, that's, well, that's that's the example I always gave, like right, because he's the guy who's like, "Don't sleep. Why would you sleep? Don't sleep. You don't need to sleep." And I'm like, "I need sleep. I need Screw sleep." You, yeah, exactly. You know, there's like two percent of people who can do that, yeah, right. And yep. and so you got to do it your own way. It's funny. I was at, I've been trying to do the fitness thing, you know, for a while, trying to stay fit, Corbett. I'm just trying to stay fit for me. I'm trying to get rid of my my man boobs. A little bit. Keep a little of them. Feels healthy. I'm going to try to be my best. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to be my best. Okay. <laughs> right? I'm going to try to be my best. So I was at the gym, and for some reason, like, I was I was doing squats, and I, I was just, like, kind of, like, looking at me. And I try really hard not to be the guy who wears, like, the cut-off, like, tank and tops. look at yourself in at the-, the gym, and, like, with, you know, and just, like... Oh, yeah. like, you just, like not even with the weight just like moves his muscles around it's like okay uh, yeah I'm seeing a little bit of progress like of course you've got the pump on yeah. this is what Arnold says is better than is better than because <laughs> I'm like I'm c***ing every day <laughs> Arnold's so great I don't know why it was mostly like a. am not even going to go into that the point being I was looking at my body and I realized like I never once had like a fitness goal I just my one goal is to just still be working out in 5-10 years you know now it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, now I, I think I see what it means to like have a fitness goal. Because there's a million things you can do when you go into the gym. What are you going to say yes to? Because you're going to say no to everything else, you know? And I realize like there's things my body could do that, and there's a lot of things my body can't do. Like I can't get, I'm not going to get taller. I'm not going to really get leaner. I'm always yeah. going to be a little bit of a stout sort of guy. Right, and this is the whole, this is why Steve Cam, who we talked about every episode for some reason. <laughs> okay. why, Maybe it's because I'm in his sweatpants. I'm always of, wearing his sweatpants. One of the reasons his site is so popular, because those fitness magazines all have genetically gifted yeah. people on the cover. Who all have. And then, you yeah. could beat yourself up every day trying to look like that, mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen. Totally. You know? So being your best is something that, that for me... Being it, your it, best. Yeah, yeah, being your best. Exactly. Like, what can your body look like? What's a good What's a good for your body? What was that know? thing you um, said earlier about we were going to have 10 minutes for questions at the end? Yeah, right. So that would be a good time. That would be a good time for that. <laughs> right? That would be good, I think. Uh, okay, so, uh, Caleb, let's, let's do that question stuff. Do we have uh, some questions from some listeners? Yeah, so we have a question here from Jack. Jack says... For businesses that sell access to information, so information products like you don't like, how do you decide what to publish freely to gain and grow your audience versus what to keep private for your products, forums, courses, etc.? <clears throat> There's a couple of ways I would answer this. One is you could just look at the compet- the competition out there and sort of see um, what how much they divulge and how much they know yeah. and you know make sure that you exceed that that mm-hmm. you beat that you know what i mean yeah in some industries there's this arms race where like basically everything you could ever want to know about something is published for free yeah and you just have to be honest i mean you have to kind of compete there if you want people to pay attention to you um and with that you have to find a different way to add value than just information like yep like very specific step-by-step stuff or tutorials or yeah you're going a different your point of form view. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like go, so go video instead of text or something. Yeah, exactly. So and then when it comes to the product, maybe the information that you release for free on your blog or whatever, that's raw information. The product itself is maybe that information with a whole lot of accoutrement around it. Um oh. like oh. you're like you're doing some hand holding, you're having live sessions, you're giving direct feedback, you've put the information together in a step by step flow that mm-hmm. takes somebody through a whole project over the course of a number of weeks. Um, we've, you know, we've done this, like we have a course called how to start a blog that matters. 90% of that information is available on our blog for free, but it's not packaged up in a way where they get the information. They also get it in video format. They also get action checklists and this like weekly 
um, process that you have to go case through. Case studies and things so like I, that. So I get, we get this question a lot, and I think people really feel afraid. Like, if I give away the milk, you know, and they can get the cow for free or whatever, yeah. however that goes, yeah. they're not going to want to marry me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not true because, like Caleb said, you can package it up in different ways, give your voice, you know, provide in different formats, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I, I think one other way, to, or another, there's a lot of other ways, but one for me that I've been thinking about between the think traffic and fizzle, uh, sort of where do we draw the line between these two? Mm-hmm. Clearly for us in Fizzle, there's like, there's a roadmap. There's like, you take this, then this, then this, then this, then this, and then we want this to be the, be- the, 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 for this kind of person, this is the best way to get them through this, th- these first two years of doing business. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but then there's, there's also other kinds of content where, or, or stuff where it's like news, uh, things that are going on right now. You know what I mean? Or think like Gmail did some update, right? So that's a great thing to not have to pay for. There's also um, really, val- you know, lot, lots of value, lots of tons of valuable stuff. But the truth is that line between it is is blurry. You know, we, we want to write up, we write a post every Tuesday and every and, and, a, and a podcast every Thursday. And that's actually a, that's a significant publishing schedule. Like that's, <laughs> it that is. takes work to do. Yep. And when you're committed to making it valuable and useful, when you know there's like a million things, there's a million people out there bleeding with a million different issues and you can, you can help them alleviate that, you know, the fear and the, the, the doubt of, of their situation. It's like, in some ways there's this imperative to like, okay, make the thing and, and just put it on the stuff. But in other ways, it begs the question of like, why have anything free at all? Totes. <laughs> no, but true. Like you know, if you if you make a great product on a thing, I love I love it when people can stand up and say, "Oh no, this is worth money." Yeah, this is this is actually this is absolutely better than anything you'll find out there for reasons X, Y, and Z. You might find something longer. You might find something with more information. You might find something with less information. You might find something that doesn't have my per- unique point of view or this that, or that. But what makes this great is is X, Y, and Z, and I can stand on that. You know what I mean? I love when people can just you know ruthlessly say that. Like, uh, you know, Marco Arment of Instapaper can, or like, uh, you know, lots of people can say, you know? Yeah, although the this question partly is like, if I give the information away from free for free, it's not whether or not they're going to go to someone else for the product. It's, are they going to buy my product? Yeah. Because they do identify with me already, but then I've already given it away, you know? Yeah, it's a hard question, and my 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 for me, if I always take a, you know the the hard route, it would be like, okay, what problem are you solving? Is it a worthwhile problem to solve? Can you serve these people? Can you focus first of all on saying you have this problem? I'm going to help you. You're bleeding. You're 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 dying because of X, Y, and Z. Like I want to help you. I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm going to serve for the rest of my days. I'm going to serve you. Fix help you fix the people with this issue. Help them get it sorted out. Right. So what's the best way to do that? To get mm-hmm. to to so that you can buy your kid gluten free crackers that you that that you need, you can make your your you know bucks that you need, and they they that mission you get to live out this mission. You know what I mean? You get to provide value in, in it's useful. That sometimes that just alters the way of looking at the thing. You know what I mean? And you know you you because there's plenty of formulas out there. Yeah, give away ninety percent, charge for the extra ten, give it all away because sort of sort of randomly and scattered and all. That. Not that we you I um, think traffic we ever had that as a thing. It's just we were writing these things over time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we did this huge work of actually systematizing it, putting it in priologic pri- priority order. Priological Priological order. <laughs> priological <laughs> order. And then uh and then actually uh you know packaging it all together. Like that's a significant endeavor and worth every penny. You know what I mean? When we get people who cancel Fizzle because they can't afford the $35 payment, like it never hurts my feelings. 
because they're just not right. If you can't afford the 35 bucks a month to get this stuff, because it's literally saving people's lives. You know what I mean? So anyways, when you're convinced of the value of it, of the usefulness of it, of, of the fact that there's a mission here that you're a part of and, and you're serving the, this, this crew who needs this help, then it helps think about these things. So maybe that's a, I don't know. And I, I would add two things. The first one would be treat your blog maybe as like a toy box or a playground where you like hash out your ideas, you get feedback on them. You maybe share a tutorial and you miss something and someone comments. Yeah. Then eventually that can be updated and refreshed and then put in a full product or yep. something. And the other piece would be convenience. People will pay for convenience. So mm-hmm. Darren Rouse at, Plo- yeah. at ProBlogger did like a 30-day to blogging series on his site. And then it, when it was done, he just put it in a PDF. Now he sells it. Makes tons it's like of one of his most successful... Yeah. It's all for free. Yeah. You just can click through the post individually. And another thing is, dude, I pay for brevity. I want you to give. I want you to give me the the. I would love to like actually. I would love, love, love to have some like actual training on the voice stuff. I love doing it, but I always go from English to Jamaican. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, on making these voices. Brevity on like how to do voices. But if I, but yeah. I'm not. I don't want to go do a three month program. You know, I don't want to go fly to LA. And, you know, actually, it would be kind of fun for a weekend. But I would love to. Pay, I would pay good money. To get like a, hey, here's the four hours of things you absolutely need to know. Or even if it's eight or 16 hours, it's here's cold. 25 phrases. It's cold down, down yeah. from, you know, the, you know, massive 90-hour yeah. thing. It's like, because someone's going to try to sell me on 90 hours. Yeah. Right? And I just, all I want, I'll pay more for less. So long as I can trust the guy telling me or teaching me about this stuff, that's like, hey, listen, I've been doing voice training for 45 years in Hollywood. You know what I mean? These are the only things you need to know. Go do some commercial work. You want to go do, uh, you know, this, that, or the other. Yep. Here's what you need to know. Here's what it, like, and it's like, man, that would be, I would pay more money to have less info. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to have what I needed. Totally. Hey, um, good point. But uh, by the way, I'm going to give away a little pro tip here. Anybody listening to this that has a blog that hasn't produced a product yet of some sort, just copy Darren Rouse, exactly what he did with the 31 days to yep. be a better blogger. This is a genius way to create your first product and take all the pressure off, okay? I was just going to say, because it takes a ton of pressure off because you think, oh, I have to write this huge book. No, you just, just blog exactly. for so, two months. And you're like, oh, I just made a book. So say X days, it could be whatever you want, 14 days, 30 days, you know, probably not much longer than that, but somewhere in between there. X days to become a better blank. Let's say you're the paleo diet guy. Mm-hmm. 30 days to master the paleo diet. If you're the fitness guy, 30 days to look the best you've ever looked. You know, if you're the the fashion guy, 30 days to look your best, you know, or, or dress your best. Um, publish every day on your site different, you know, ideas about how to achieve this goal. And by the end, hopefully people have made a transformation. Yeah. And then package that up into a PDF and sell that PDF on your site. It's super easy. Um, it worked for Darren. He sold tens of thousands of copies of that book, even though the information is available for free on his blog, because People want the full package. They want the convenience, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yep. All right. Well, we should uh, we should tie a bow on it. Listen, if there's uh, okay, quick quick rapid fire. If there's one thing you want them to get out of this, what is it? Caleb Corbett, go. I would say have one person that you can get really blunt advice from. I think maybe Corbett, you said something about <gasps> this in a yeah, previous you took, episode. You took mine. Oh, that's have, good. You guys can double up. <laughs> Have that one friend up. that will tell you the stuff that you already know that you're afraid to actually do. Yeah, because mm. getting good feedback from people is just... You go, you go it's, do a survey. 
and everybody's gonna be like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Ask your friend from Brooklyn and he'll tell you what you already know. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, I'd say the same thing. You know, if if you really feel stuck and you're, you know, you're just at your wits end about whether or not you should quit or pivot or persevere, mm-hmm. um, use this opportunity to reach out to someone who might become a mentor and just tell them what you're struggling with and just beg for advice. Yeah, that's good. For me, it's it's that service bit actually that came from the last last the question answering the question, but I would apply it to this and say, you know, what's the mission here? What's your purpose? Like, what's the valuable purpose? Like, what what? Can, and is it is it worthwhile enough to you? Is it on the gut level? To, is it important enough? Um, or like, not? It, do you have a, a insane, like heavy, high, you know, hot blood passion about it? But d- it, can you see that? It, yeah, this is a valuable thing. You know what I mean? People with this condition need this help. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that can be enough to just either to, to get and learning what is interesting about it, what you do care more or less about it. That can be the angle on your on your pivot if that's necessary, you know? Yep. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I have been Corbett Barr. I've been Caleb Lawrence Wadger. <laughs> yes! Woo! Woo! Only took, Woo! It only took 16 episodes. <laughs> you got a little excited the neighbor's going to come down. <laughs> I mean, that may have vaguely sounded like a scream for help out on the streets here. So, I'm looking around at the people. The police walking. are probably I'm looking out show. the window at the people walking. I think they're going to be fine. Okay. <laughs>So there you have it. There's some really good tips in there. No matter where you are in your business, stuff, frankly, I wish I would have had a long time ago. Uh, now, I've put together a list of a few more helpful resources on this topic, as well as everything we mentioned in there. And you can get it at fizzleshow.com slash 17. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com slash 17. So this is just make, working its way way into your hearts and minds, people. I'm like a master of melody. Oh, and alliteration. <laughs> Listen, go there, fizzleshow.com slash 17, and you'll see everything we talked about as well as a great Freakonomics episode on quitting that I really wanted to share with you. It's there in the links. You'll find it. Uh, it provides an amazing angle in on this quitting question. Uh, you'll also see how to get your question answered live on the air. Our thanks to Jack for your question in this episode. Uh, we've got an easy way for you to click a button and record your question. Just tell us about your business and the struggle that you have. We'd love to, to bring you in on the show. So again, that's uh, fizzleshow.com slash 17 for all your Fizzle Show needs. Hey, if you liked this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because we really want other hopeful, you know, flailing entrepreneurs to find this show so they can feel a little more comfortable in their own skin. Listen, your most valuable asset is your haircut. I mean, no, it's no, it's your time. Your most valuable, your most precious uh, asset is your time. Okay? So in a year and a half, are you still going to be slogging through this thing because you never really went all in or all out? Fail fast. Pay attention. Be yourself. The next time I see you, I want you to be able to tell me what your KPI is and whether it's trending up, down, or sort of neutral. That's it for now, folks. I will talk to you next Fizzle Friday. Thanks so much.